Welcome to another episode of 81 Points. It's the Golden Globes edition. Yes. We just had, the, we just had an award show. Uh, on this podcast episode, uh, we go through a little exercise of building our own roster uh, for this 2018-19 season uh, within the current NBA salary cap. Um, see, we put our little GM, GM skills to the test here mm-hmm. as we... Uh, as we share each, with each other um, who we would pick on our team uh, within within the cap, and it was pretty eye opening to see uh, how much or how little some of these players are getting paid right now, mm-hmm. um, and all that's going to change. Uh, we did pick a few Lakers on our team, um, and uh, we also talk about you know the the recent game that happened. Uh, with the Dallas Mavericks, um, the team looked a lot better. Um, of course, there are lingering issues, and we get we get into that for a little bit. So, uh, with that said, please sit back and enjoy this latest episode of Eighty One Points. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. All right, 81 Points, we here, we back. What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, I think we should, off the top, um, just tell the listeners remind them of our email address so if you have anything any comments questions um remarks that you want to give us please send them to 81 points podcast at gmail.com we're waiting for your feedback and uh we'll be sure to read every email that's sent our way yeah that's uh the number eight one and then pts podcast at gmail.com that's right so Chris, it's been um it's been quite a miserable slew of games lately. Um and you know that's a little bit expected with all the injuries and such. So for today I thought that we would do something a little bit different. Um so just so you know, uh there's very little preparation that goes into this podcast. We hardly ever spend any time premeditating what we're going to say um most of this stuff is just uh off the dome but for today we have usually have some semblance of what we want to talk about but yeah we spend very little time preparing um today uh for this episode um i wanted the two of us to go through a little exercise um and see where we stand so I, I emailed you, or I texted you the other day, and I said, you know, um, for this NBA season, if you were a general manager and you can construct a 12-man roster um, using any player in the NBA, as long as your 12-man roster is below the salary cap, what would your roster look like? And so, um, 
each of us we went through this exercise on our own and um today we're going to share what our what our rosters are so just so you know uh for the 2018 and 19 nba season the salary cap is set at 101.9 million and uh our exercise was to put together the best 12-man roster we can we can come up with within within that salary cap so yeah you know i was gonna say though before we begin doing this exercise um you really i think you really appreciate and start to understand like just how crippling a a overplayed player is and how like beneficial it is to have a player that's playing way over their uh a salary you know what i mean yeah when you're when you're looking up like the list of player salaries it's quite alarming the the salaries that certain players get paid and uh going both the ways like overpaid and underpaid oh, for um, sure. we were in the lucky position to pick these players knowing how they're performing and what their salaries are um so for me going through this exercise helped me to appreciate a little bit more how difficult it is to be a gm in the nba because these guys are signing uh signing players to millions of dollars of contract not not uh fully knowing sometimes like how they're going to perform or if they're going to live up to that contract so we have the luxury of knowing you know how these players are and seeing a, a dollar figure assigned to them so it, it was a lot we were in a lot easier position than NBA GMs are normally in so that was my takeaway um before we get into the list I wanted to ask um did you put any of the current Lakers on your team? Uh, yeah, I did. You did? Yeah, I, I actually, more than I, one. I have, yeah, I have two actually. Oh, interesting. I think it's pretty obvious who the two are. <laughs> okay, so by that statement, I feel like our teams might be pretty different. Really? Yeah. Okay. I know there's got to be at least one or two that are similar. I feel, really? Yeah. Okay. Like for example, I'm sure De'Aaron Fox is on your team, right? Well, let's let's not spoil. Let's spoiler, let's not get there. Alert. Okay. Uh, All right. So how should we do this? How do you wanna? How do you wanna like? Why don't we go do this? Um, we'll each share um, what our starting five is. And okay. And then um, you know we can give a little. We don't have to, but you know, a little uh, take on why that team. You know, because you're not going to just pick like five centers or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sort of explaining the reasoning for the uh, construction of of your squad. Okay. Before before we start naming players, okay. How about you and I both share uh, what your general approach was? Uh, get the best player. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just uh, that's obvious. But like, how did you? What was your strategy in? picking players within the bounds of the current salary cap? Um, well, I think for me, it was just about depth, you know, depth, and also okay. um, depth and balance. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I went with players that were um, 
at least for my starters, I went with guys that were known commodities, um, but also are very well-rounded, you know, because I think that's where the premium is in the NBA in this day and age. You got to be able to shoot well, but also defend. So, Was there any consideration uh, taken for like a player's age? Did you factor in like projecting future seasons or was Um, it just strictly for this NBA season? I mean, I'm looking at my list right now and this team could be good for like the next five years for sure. Yeah, this team would probably win a championship for the next five years. All right, interesting. (laughs) I think it just happened that way though because yeah yeah for me i i wanted to make sure that i had like a legit starting five yeah first of all which is doable i mean yeah it's pretty doable yeah and then um complementing that with like you said like good depth um very versatile players so yeah with that said we can get into our um starting lineups so who is your number one player on your team LeBron James. And I went with LeBron just, I think, because he's a Laker now, you know. So he was a bit of a, he's a bit of a favorite. So I, I that was kind of like, a, you know, hometown sort of thing. I, I wanted to build my team around LeBron. So. And what was his, sal- what's his salary at for this season? 35.6. Okay, so that is a pretty hefty yeah. percentage of but your that's, total pool. He's still a bargain, I think, at that at that amount so okay um lebron um clay thompson okay he, his salary is actually at a minuscule minuscule 18.98 uh-huh that's a bargain um and then i got Kawhi, who's at 23.1 um i think actually is also a bargain because he should be in the 30 range um and then i got Carl Anthony Towns, who's a seven point eight million. Okay. Um, and then De'Aaron Fox is my point guard, who's five point. De'Aaron Fox is your starting point guard. Yeah, he's my starting. Okay. Point guard, yeah. Huh. So, I gotta say, I I thought about each and every one of the players that you listed. <laughs> um, I feel like I can guess because there's a lot of players that I think that I was w- kind of wondering about and wanting to put on the squad so i i I am like i can probably guess at least two two guys on your starting squad i feel like really okay who which Uh, two players i think Giannis is on that squad right no he's not he's not i thought it's interesting because he he's not getting paid that he's not getting paid in 30s if i remember correctly uh anthony davis so he is my number one guy that i picked on my team the most expensive player on my team as well. At, oh, he's the most expensive player, yeah, huh? At $25.4 million. Okay. Um, he was, I guess, essentially my first pick. Um, and then from there, I also had Clay Thompson in my starting yeah. five. Um, it's a bargain. Yeah, he's... 18.9 is like um, a steal for Clay Thompson. It really is. For what he does on both ends of the court. Yeah. Uh, my starting point guard is Kyrie at $20 million. And I think yeah. he's a. I think he's a bargain at that at that price. Yeah, point. you love Kyrie. I thought actually twenty million was a lot. Okay, well, I'll, well, let me finish. Okay. So to round my starting roster, well, I guess I didn't really. Um, here's the thing: I didn't I didn't factor in injuries, which is why I 
put Kristaps Porzingis as my power forward. <laughs> what? Yeah. That, I would not have guessed that. Yeah. At $5.6 million. Yeah. So he's my starting power forward. Okay. And then um, rounding out my starting lineup at small forward, I have Robert Covington. <laughs> I mean, at, that at $10 makes million. sense in terms of like uh, roster uh you know so so looking at looking at my starting lineup everybody everybody can shoot yeah you have two of the best wing defenders in the game Covington Clay Thompson yeah Anthony Davis is you know probably the best defensive center in the one of the best yeah Um, sure so the defense is on lockdown shooting is there Mm -hmm. um I thought about picking Kawhi also but um, I wonder, um, he's a bit of a ball stopper, I feel like. I mean, with, with mm. good reason. But um, the, the roster that I have, I feel like they'll share the ball. Um, yeah. They can shoot. They're all pretty athletic. Um, I don't know why you scoffed at my Porzingis pick, though. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a fan of uh, no, I Latvian? Mean- I, I love Chris Stapp's Porzingis, and I wish we drafted him instead of uh, D'Angelo because we'd be in a different situation. But, it, I mean, it's just the fact that because he's injured. And I, I think, like, yeah. But he, I actually th- thought about putting him on, on my roster, but coming off the bench. But just because of the fact that he's injured. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I totally get uh, why you would have him on your team. Um. Yeah, I just I think anybody that was injured, I didn't necessarily like put into because I, I mean I know you play players in this day and age, ACL injury is like it's nothing now, yeah. virtually nothing. But, yeah, you know, still still severe injury. He still lost a year in his. Uh, is yeah. he? Uh, is he going to come back at any point this season? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. He's yeah, been out he's for quite a while. To, yeah, but I mean, like for example, like spending. What is he? Five point eight or something? Five point seven. Five point seven versus a healthy Darren Vox, who's pretty much you know, I feel like got that position on lockdown for the next ten years or so. Um, yeah, I, I think I went with that, and also um, Carl Anthony Towns, man. So I actually had uh, Clint Capella as my center because he gets paid a lot though, right? I think it was like eighteen, seventeen, okay. which is. I mean, if you've if you've seen his stats, he's a beast. He's put on um, monster numbers. Yeah, I mean, he does. He is, and like he doesn't require the ball. In a D'Antoni, yeah, offense. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns at seven point eight. I mean, I don't know if you can uh, the numbers that he gives. Like, is he your center or is he your power forward? He's my center. Okay. Um, who's your power forward? Oh, LeBron. Yeah. Okay. I kind of had. It's kind of like LeBron and Kawhi just. They're, they fill up the, the forwards positions. You know, uh-huh. they're kind of interchangeable. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns, I think he has a chance to put, put down like a 50, uh, 50, 40, 90 one of these years. That's how good of a shooter he is. What is, what is his numbers this year? He's shooting 50, 83 from the free throw, and 38% from the three. Really? Yeah. I don't know. For and some his numbers reason, are like... a little suppressed because... 
And so this, the whole the, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, thing. yeah. You know, and that's the thing that he's proven. He's proven that his numbers were not as good because of the whole Jimmy Butler thing. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I for some reason I've soured a little bit on all those like Minnesota players. Right. Um. I just think uh, he's and just from the outside, he seems to have like maturity issues. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's a fair. Uh, criticism. You know, Kawhi Leonard's not without any blemishes either on that front. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to pick a drama-free yet very competitive team. Yeah, um, I think but your you def- team has I feel like a lot you, of roles yeah, defined. Yeah. You, know? so. you, you, you pretty much just rolled with like the best players you can you can get, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, you have De'Aaron Fox as your starting point guard. I actually have him as my backup point guard. So who's your starting point guard again? Kyrie. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Um, so he's my backup point guard. Uh, who's your backup point guard? So I have two uh, point guard shooting guards, uh, interchangeable. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh. Average is 17 and 5 coming off the bench. Uh-huh. He's at 1.65 million, and then I have Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> okay. Who's a you know he's averaging 50, 40, 90. Is he okay? 50, 40, 90. I got him coming off the bench at 1.5 million. Wait, what team is Dinwiddie on? The Nets. And that's the thing about I when I was doing this exercise, I was like, holy shit, Sean Marks is he's one of the best GMs in the league, like. Yeah, because they have also they have Karis Levert who's out, and he's like oh, really yeah. cheap too. Yeah, yeah, and he, I mean, he got that. Yeah, he's got Jared Allen, who I actually Jared Allen's on my team. I have Jared. I have Jared Allen on my team too. Yeah, yeah, I have Jared Allen, who's also a net. You know what I mean? I actually was considering should I put Karis Levert on the team too? Because Karis Levert, I think, gets paid like one point seven. Well, so these guys, um, Dinwiddie, Karis Levert, they're they're putting up numbers, but they're on a pretty shitty team. I don't know. Do you do you, I mean, do, you uh, do you think that translates to like we've seen players in the past that like can put up numbers on but on bad teams like a Monte Ellis type of player or yeah whoever <clears throat> and then when they go to a good team it's like different story yeah I mean I think it's a case by case type of thing so so wait know. so you you named off a couple of players that you have have on your bench you said uh, mm-hmm. Dinwiddie. I got Dinwiddie and um, Brogdon. Brogdon, you, you, have, you said you have Jared Allen also. Yeah. Okay. He's a, he's he's getting paid two million. Yeah. Um, so so just reel off the rest of your um okay roster. Um, got Kyle Kuzma, backup small forward. Okay. At one point six nine, one point six nine, dude. Right. Um, I've got. I feel like maybe you've got this guy on your team too, um, Pascal. Siakam. I mean, we, we we have like the same team, but yeah, yeah. keep going. <laughs> Power forward at one point five four four nine. Josh Hart, <clears throat> backup shooting guard, uh, one point six five five. Uh, that's it. Oh, and my, I got Cost Costas as my uh, you know. He's in the NBA. Yeah, he's, oh, he's he's my G League guy. He's the guy okay. who's in the G League. He's gonna. He's my project. He's getting paid seventy five, seventy seven thousand. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, that, that's my that's my squad. All right, nice. So rounding out my roster, so my, uh, I said De'Aaron Fox. He's my backup point guard. Um, my backup shooting guard slash small forward slash point guard, Luka Doncic. I have him at um, six point five seven million. Mm. Um, he seems like a guy. That he can, seems like a guy who's gonna push himself into the starting into your starting lineup. Yeah, actually. and and so, I, I he's know. a rookie, but for some reason, um, I feel like if he were to, if the Mavs were to go to the playoffs this year, like there would be no um, playoff jitters. Yeah, like I mean, he would just he would just be balling no matter what. I mean, he's been playing professional ball for like a while now. Yeah, so, so. I think I even though he's a rookie, I feel like he's like very seasoned. Yeah. Already, yeah. so I have Luka Doncic as as my backup. Oh, did you uh, say you had Dinwiddie too? No, no. Um, I mentioned Jared Allen. I have him on my team also at two million. It's an absolute steal. Um, potentially a All NBA defensive player. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another backup big. Um, and one of John, my John Collins. One of my favorite players this season, Demontis Sabonis. <laughs> At two point six six million dollars. Wow, that is cheap. Yeah, I, I I thought maybe it'd be John Collins. Have you seen John Collins' numbers? I have not. That guy, he's an eighteen and ten player on the on the Hawks, and he's getting paid two point three million. I think Demontis Sabonis is like fifteen and ten, coming off the bench for yeah. the Pacers. Yeah, but does he D up though? Um, he get, he rebound. He's a really good rebounder yeah, though. Yeah. Um, so I have Sabonis, I have Jared Allen, and then uh, two players that you also have on your team. Uh, I have Kuzma and Pascal Siakam, um, both under two million dollars, and can you know um, they can basically guard like three to four positions, you know, mm-hmm. and can also like spot up and hit threes i think i told you the other day that uh siakam actually has like the same like measurables as brandon ingram yeah he's like six nine and with a seven three wingspan that's pretty yeah. crazy so this dude's gonna get paid eventually yeah. but but for now he's only making 1.5 so i have him on my team and then i honestly like i only had like a million dollars left and there, there's not many there's not many like playable guys in the league at a million dollars right now. So I just picked um Hamadou Diallo on the <laughs> on the OKC Thunder. I don't even know who that is. Who is that? I know him because they recently play <laughs> the Lakers recently played the Thunder and he's he uh is a backup uh, guard oh, on the funny. team. So I have him at eight hundred thousand dollars. That's funny. So I'm surprised you didn't get Josh Hart on that team. I feel like as a backup, Josh Hart at 1.6 is an absolute steal. You know, I tell you what, doing this exercise, it really puts into perspective, like, Kuzma and Josh Hart must, they've got to have some enormous trade value in this league. Yeah, they're on their rookie deals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you had to pick Kuzma or Josh Hart, which one would you pick? I think you would pick Kuzma, right? Um, that was basically the decision that I had to face. Yeah, but I mean, they they play different positions, right? And I think you can make a case for Josh Hart if you have, like, for example, let's say you're all, you have an insane offense, 
Like you have a really strong offense, and you kind of need some defense on the squad too. But yeah, I mean, I think Kuzma, yeah, he's he's got the most traditional skills. You would say that uh, Kuzma has a higher ceiling, though, right? Yeah. Than Josh Hart. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at this team, I feel like I have a a very good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little concerned that um, my roster d- didn't have um, as many shooters <clears throat> as, as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Kyrie, Clay Thompson, Covington, I think that's that's good enough. And even Anthony Davis can step out and shoot threes occasionally. So, um, it would be interesting if like, I'll, if like my, my roster went up against your roster. Well, in a you'd, have, series. you'd have Clay Thompson play against Clay Thompson. Yeah. So, I mean, th- those would basically like all the players that well, so how many players do we both have? Clay Thompson, Darren Fox, uh, Jared Kuzma, Allen. Siakam, Allen. Yeah, I think that's it. So five. So we picked five. That's a lot of the same actually. players. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're when you're looking at like um, the list of player salaries, it becomes very obvious like which ones are the best deals, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, a seven game series, I would absolutely go with LeBron, Clay, Kawhi. I mean, these guys are all Kawhi's. What is he? A two-time M- NBA MVP and Finals MVP? I mean, just one. Oh, just one. one. Okay, LeBron's a two-time Finals MVP. Um, Clay Thompson is a just absolute. He's I don't know. I think he's actually the most clutch player on that Warriors squad. Um, yeah, Darren Fox is a total gamer. So I would just, um, if I were coaching against your team, I would just. I would just do hack a LeBron, basically. <laughs> I trust LeBron in the playoffs, though. He'll find a way, I feel like. I don't know. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was a little exercise that we went through. Um, I don't know. You originally did it for, like, next, next season, right? Was that what you originally did? Yeah, but you know, this team was it was still very similar cuz um it was only like a difference of 6 million or something. Did you notice like, like any really... players that were um getting like significant pay bumps next season cuz like originally when I was going through this um I noticed that uh Devin Booker was only making like 3.3 million dollars. Yeah, but think, then uh, next year he's slated to make twenty-seven million dollars. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. thought about putting him in, in in my team also. Yeah, I think Carl Anthony Towns too is a guy who's yeah, whose salary changes. Okay. Uh, so the last time we talked, uh, I think the Lakers were on. I forgot. They they they've been they've been on a pretty bad losing streak lately. Um you know, a lot of uh a lot of headache for the fan base watching watching this team play without LeBron. Um they did however uh 
play play the Mavericks yesterday and uh, played really well. I thought um, I was trying to watch the game yesterday. Um, was being distracted because uh, my wife had the Golden Globes on TV and she was watching that. So I was like, now, first of all, I had, that was on the TV and it dawned on me that I hadn't watched a single movie this year. Really? Have you watched any of the movies? Yeah. I've I think seen. like, okay, Crazy Rich Asians was like the only movie that I saw. <laughs> um, also, I, I thought it was just interesting that, I mean, it's been for a couple of years now, but the Golden Globes is a big deal now. It's been a big You deal. think it's upped its prestige? I feel like in the last maybe like five years or so, I don't remember it being such a big deal. Um, well, like for I mean, mo- Oscars is obviously. Yeah, the Oscars big. is like the number one thing for the movies, right? Yeah. And then the Emmys are like the number one thing for TV. Yeah. Uh, the Golden Globes are both movies and TV. Yeah. But it's still like second tier to like second both of tier, those. Right. But it's still an, it's a big thing. Like, Did you watch? Have, people the- have like Golden Globe viewing parties and stuff like that you know okay well i i personally hate all of these award shows like i can't it's cringeworthy like for me to like sit down and watch it i don't think i've watched a single it's been a while so since you I've didn't seen. so you did not watch this recent uh going to global no, awards no, at all I haven't, no. do you know who hosted it yeah i do know who hosted it though sandra O oh and annie samberg yeah so it was like was it cringe it was pretty cringe because um i feel like they just chose like safe people mm-hmm. to I host thought Sandra it. Oh was kind of an interesting choice though. Why did it was they... funny. The opening monologue was like they're trying to do their little oh like stupid jokes here and there or whatever and they're getting laughs, blah blah blah. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden like Sandra Oh got really like your shit got really real really quickly <laughs> when she was talking about like the fact that I'm up here right now, like this is a moment of change and like she was like almost like started crying wow which to me was like super cringe <laughs> even as <laughs> even as an asian american i was like oh my god <laughs> so that was on tv and i'm like trying to watch the laker game and it was like really distracting um you said you didn't did you and you didn't watch the game though did you no but i, wa- I caught like a big portion of the highlights after the game so I think last time we we said like basically uh, the fan base is like pretty fed up with Brandon Ingram, yeah. Right. Yeah. But then now he he comes back and he has like maybe he probably had the best game of the season of his season for sure. Um, yesterday, um, he was like going to the rim at will. Uh, nobody can check him on the Mavericks. I think like ten of his twelve field goals were layups, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I feel like he should be playing. Um, if you notice, there wasn't a lot of like, give him the ball with like 10 seconds left and let him like try to create something. Yeah. He played like within the flow of the offense. Uh, I don't know if you were able to catch that, like watching highlights, but it was a lot more of a fluid game for him. Yeah. I, and <clears throat> you know, I think his that's going to be his calling card. Like he needs to be able to have a very good drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's I think that's still like up in the air is can he like can he drive to the to the rim at will? Cuz I I think he gets against a good defender, he's still too weak 
you know, to. So that's the thing that I, I think if there's anything I, and we already went through like new year's resolutions yeah. for all these players. Yeah. But if I, if I can go back and change mine, I would say like the number one thing for Brandon Ingram is to just gain muscle, like gain weight. Yeah. Which seems to but be like I, a challenge for him. Right. And I don't know if that's possible, but I, and I'm trying to remember what my new year's resolution is for what it was for him. Yeah, I think you said, um, something to do with his three, three point shooting. Yeah. And I, I think I still, I still stick by it. I think he needs to still work on his, uh, catch and shoot ability. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he'll ever be a, the kind of like Kobe, like, you know, ball buster, like, you know, he has a ball and he's just like going ISO and raising up and shooting a three in someone's face. I don't know if he, if he can ever do that. Yeah. But he needs to be able to develop, like, being able to like kind of camp out at the three point line, like, whether it's the corner or the top of the key. And like, when LeBron kicks it out to him, he needs to be able to drain that three. Cause right now, I don't have a lot of confidence in him being able to make that three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'll open up a lot for him. You know, he have needs you, to simplify his game, basically. Have you, um, that. have you ever seen his shot chart? I don't think I've seen it this year. Yeah. So like I, I looked up Brandon Ingram's shot chart and I actually actually um we actually tweeted it out on our on our Twitter account. <laughs> um, nice. Uh and uh he is significantly um more effective at shooting corner threes. Right. So I've every, noticed that everywhere noticed else. That, yeah. Uh you know it was a shorter three. Top top of the top of the key and at the at the elbow threes, like he's like shooting pretty bad pretty bad mm-hmm. but in the corners he's a lot better yeah um i think so far in his career it's he's proven that he's like not really a he's not a three-point shooter yeah um he averages he i think uh career he averages 2.13 three attempts a game well, which the is thing like is, pretty low the last year he was a fantastic three-point shooter he just didn't shoot that much yeah um and I'm cool with that. I'm I'm cool with him shooting a high percentage but not shooting as much. Because, um, like, I think that speaks to his, like, picking his spots, you know, and shooting, not not pushing the uh, the issue, like, like let's say, versus uh, Kyle Kuzma, who he'll shoot any three. Um, so, I mean, it speaks to his shot selection, I think. But I think he needs to, if he wants to survive on the squad, he has to be a really good catch and shoot three guy um because his drives to the basket there are a lot of times where it's really impressive you know he's got he's so damn long that he's got these like he's able to finish in the most like ridiculous ways did he always have a euro step or i don't is that a new i don't remember seeing that euro step last year he did a, he like he is euro stepping a lot this yeah. year too to like good effect you know yeah um, well you gotta have more strength to do a euro step you know what i mean i think like you you can get pushed off a lot if you yeah if you're weak so i think because he, he's gotten stronger um yeah yeah i mean he has he has like the freakishly long arms right yeah if he can just like i noticed that he he turns it he's been turning it over a lot lately you know mm-hmm. and that's because He's not strong enough, I feel like. And he gets like yeah. he gets pushed around quite a bit. So 
if if he can gain you know like 20 pounds of muscle i feel like that would dramatically increase his ability to to get to the rim Uh, also another thing is i think um the lakers are kind of unfairly trying to make him be something that he's not yeah no that's the other thing is that is he being utilized correctly yeah yeah and i think it's being and i don't know if we need to keep talking about brandon ingram because i feel like it's a perfect segue to what i feel like is has become a glaring issue which is the coaching and the coaching staff which i don't know means it's a it's a bigger question of the front office and even ownership even because like I don't know, like you look at a lot of the players that have been developed so far and also the players that uh, have left the Lakers and how they've developed since being on the Lakers. Um, I'm talking, I'm speaking a little cryptically, but for example. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, very specifically like D'Angelo Russell or um, Julius Randle, like those guys are... I'm not going to label them superstars, especially not Julius Randle, but these guys are like thriving in different situa- in other situations, you know. Um, and Julius Randle, I think, would be would have probably been fantastic next to uh, LeBron James. I feel like, even though he might be a bit of a, a lane clogger, um, and for sure D'Angelo Russell, he would he would have been an amazing player next to LeBron James. How is how is D'Angelo Russell, how does he keep coming back into our podcast? <laughs> well, and he, I mean, he even came up when I was trying to construct this squad with this. Uh, oh my! I'm yeah. Because I'm glad you did not pick D'Angelo. No, Russell no, 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 not, not, not for that. I don't think he's a bargain. I'm I'm talking about the fact that we had to unload him for to get rid of Timothy Mozgov's contract. Yeah, I mean that hurts so much. Like I'm not even bummed out so much that d'angelo russell's no longer on this team i'm bummed out that we couldn't utilize him as a better trade chip you know we had to use him to dump to dump uh, uh an albatross of a contract you know what i mean um but yeah the, you know back to the development of these players like kuzma's the only guy where i feel like he's made an improvement this year um and i feel like that speaks to more of his work ethic like you hear a lot about a lot of articles and a lot of media and a lot of players around him praising Kyle Kuzma's work ethic. Like LeBron said it, Tyson Chandler said it. Um, I think even Kobe's mentioned it. Like he he's got a huge drive to get better. Whereas um, I think Ingram, I I think he has a good drive to improve too. But like for example, Lon, uh, Lonzo. That guy's a, that dude is a mystery. We kind of covered that last podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I'm leaning towards him not really having a good work ethic, not really like wanting to be the best player, being very passive. And D'Angelo Russell is a perfect example too. Yet they, they're you know the, for example the Nets are getting maximum value out of him because he's surrounded by like by like a good you know coaching staff that kind of keeps him in check. And I feel like we don't have that on the Lakers. You know, we don't have. I mean, first of all, we don't have a shooting coach. That's just ridiculous to me. You know what I mean? So is it? 
Are we one of the few teams in the league that don't have a shooting coach? <laughs> Is that the situation? or I think so. I mean, the Thunder don't have a shooting coach. Well, yeah. And, and look at Russell. They're worse than they're worse than the Lakers uh, shooting wise. So <clears throat> that's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it's. This, I, I, yeah. I feel like it's a little too early to like uh, determine like which which of these guys have like great work ethic and which ones are slackers. Mm. You know, for example, Lonzo. Well, yeah, he so was hurt. Your... He was hurt for most of most of last summer, so I don't think he was able to work on things. Uh, work on things, but it wasn't also that he did not. I don't know if this was this rumor was true, but he purposely didn't get his knee fixed because he didn't want to get traded. Is that true? Was it? I don't know if that's. That? I don't know if that's true, but that was definitely the rumor, right? I because mean, like, why didn't he get that fixed? Like as soon as the season ended. Yeah, I think we I might know. have to go back and um, do a little <laughs> bit more research on that. Yeah, uh, but your so your concern with uh, the Lakers coaching staff is from a developmental aspect. Yeah, and I used to think that Luke Walton, and that's the thing for me. I think Luke Walton's strengths are as like a player manager. I think the players like Luke, you know, um, but. Like, is he, does he know how to get these players to respond in, in terms of, like, knowing which weaknesses to work on and improving? Like, I don't know, you know? And if he doesn't, why doesn't he surround himself with the proper coaching staff instead of his, you know, Arizona cronies? You know yeah, I mean? let's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, look up uh, this current coaching staff right now. Like, is Mark Madsen still on the coaching staff? And if so, why? So I, I have the list here. Um, so Luke Walton's the head coach. Associate head coach is Brian Shaw. Which I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm okay cool. with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. He's... And then there are four assistants listed here. Brian Keefe, who I have no idea who he is. Mark Madsen. Um, journeyman NBA player at best. Um, <laughs> Who's his only claim to fame is him dancing. Yeah, at the that's championship, his, his career highlight. The championship parade or... is the LA championship parade dancing. Yeah, is his co- career highlight. Yeah. Um. So Brian Keith, Mark Madsen. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. Jesse Mermis, and then Miles Simon. Miles Simon. Yeah. I. I... Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. Like my my knowledge of NBA assistant coaches is not the greatest or robust same, at all. Yeah, same here. Um, but I I feel like there's some dead weight on there. You know, like why is Mark Manson on that on that uh, coaching staff? Um, I I feel like you can replace you should replace him with someone who has a really expert knowledge on shooting the ball, like. Because shooting is so broken on this team, and we should not be shooting this poorly, you know? Yeah, so what would you like to see? I mean, I don't think you're, I don't think you're pining for them to replace Luke, are you? No, no, no. I think, yeah, like you said, I think it's early, too early to, to you know, you know, make any... Uh, 
drastic changes. Um, but it is something to monitor, you know, and I think it's symptomatic of, you know, something from the ownership down, you know, like, like how, I don't understand how you can have some of these like moves and, and like it's these lack of this, you know, player developments has, it's, it's happened for like a number of years now, you know, so. I mean, uh, let's look at a player like Josh Hart. Like, do you think, I mean, he's come, he's come a long way since he got drafted, right? He's turned into a pretty good player. Now, how much of that is Josh Hart himself putting in the work and how much of it is, you know, these coaches coaching him up in a sense? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's, I feel like with Josh Hart, it's almost, it was always a matter of opportunity for him because he performed well even last year, you know? I think it was just, um, it was harder for him to prove himself because he was, what, a four-year starter and he was a late first-round pick. So, um, but whenever he's on, he's on the court, he's always proven himself. So, yeah. And I think that speaks more to the scouting that our team, yeah, you know, um, yeah. Looking at looking at our organization as a whole, I think systemically there are there are positives and negatives, right? Like the positives for me are yeah the scouting, mm-hmm. like Jesse Buss, he's the one that's in charge of you know making late first round draft picks. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident that Rob Polinka uh can be a good GM. Yeah, league. and I think I don't doubt it's just my whole problem is like what are the credentials of these guys? So Rob Polinka, I have confidence in him because I think for one thing, a GM needs to have a mastery over the salary cap, like yeah, you know, the whole contract situation. Like it's so complicated. You need to have like even for us to do this exercise, it wasn't easy. But you need to have that in the back of your head. Um, and Rob Polinka has that in spades, having been an agent. So that is, you know, absolutely a, a crucial component that I'm very confident in. But like you said, what, I mean, what other credentials, like what other guys do we have in place that are like, you know, specializing in whatever category we need? Right. I mean, now that we think about it, there's a lot of like, first time first timers like all across the board i think yeah. you know uh what magic johnson's this is his first time being a vp of basketball operations right right rob Polinka's first time as an nba gm yeah luke walton's he's pretty damn first green. time as a full-time nba head coach yeah so there, yeah there are a lot of firsts everywhere which is kind of alarming when you think about it that way yeah um yeah i think you know, even I think this is I think this is can be an issue even more so than like the roster that we have is like who's who is leading this organization. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time in, you know, I'm a big like college football, and college basketball fan. I see it all the time in college sports. Mm. It's like it's easy to see a college team and point out like the deficiencies with rosters but it's always a bigger issue of like who who the head coach is 
and even above that, like who the athletic director is and, and who the president of the university is, mm-hmm. like that, uh, a lack of solid leadership at those positions, it's like only naturally going to trickle down to like performance on the field. And I feel like that can potentially be the case here with the Lakers also. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, in defense of the situation, like a lot of it was to clean up the mess that, you know, Mitch and um, Jim Buss. Yeah, Jim Buss kind of had left behind. But, like, something like the development of these players is is sort of on the new regime's watch now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of like these kids need to start performing and start showing that they, like, they're getting better. And I don't think I necessarily see that. And I feel like if we were to make a trade, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if we make a trade and we get Anthony Davis, who cares, right? doesn't matter. Yeah, But... You know, if Lonzo Ball goes somewhere else and he ends up fixing his shot and becomes a superstar, it's not going to be it's not going to be pleasant, you know. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think like I feel like that's something that I'll, I'm really curious to 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 seeing how that's going to turn out because, um, I don't know. Like I am triggered now anytime I see Lonzo shoot. <laughs> well, speaking of Lonzo. I mean, yesterday's game, he ended up doing pretty well. Um, yeah. On on the year, his his three point percentage is now up to thirty three point five percent. That's pretty good because I think getting I, a little bit better. Yeah, I think I asked for thirty four. <clears throat> so he's he's shooting the three better. The thing that triggers me the most right now about Monzo free throw. Yeah, is the free throw shooting. Um. <clears throat> Like I told you in the last in in yesterday's game, uh, the Lakers had, you know, a couple possession lead at the end there, and uh, it was getting to the point where the Maver- the Mavericks were ready to start fouling Laker players for free throws. Um, Lonzo got fouled uh, at at some point down the stretch there, mm-hmm. missed both free throws. Not even close, right? Yeah, not even close, and uh, was promptly taken off the court. So you have your starting point guard. Your starting point guard, your who you hope to be your franchise player. You know, second overall pick Lonzo, and he can't finish the game because of free throws. Yeah. He's shooting forty-one percent from, which is like historically bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And the thing is, is that <clears throat> no matter how much he's going to improve from the other categories, like field goal percentage and three-point percentage, no matter how much he improves, there's going to be a cap to that. And it will not mean a, a, a damn thing if his free-throwing does not improve incrementally along with that. Does that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's a chance that... I think there's a chance he could finish with a higher field goal percentage than a free throw percentage. And I, or it's very close even right now. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the case, they're almost identical. Yeah. If that's the case, any improvement that he makes in the field goal and the uh, three point shooting percentage 
it's all a mirage. It doesn't mean jack. Because if you cannot make a free, unopposed shot, and you can't make it at a consistently high rate, it doesn't mean jack shit. You know, it doesn't. It's like how you how can you trust a guy with you know in, in cl- crunch time minutes to make a crucial shot down the stretch if he can't even make a uncontested shot? So, it doesn't mean anything. It's gonna happen at some point. We're gonna see Hack Alonzo. <laughs> I mean, if you're like a if you're like an opposing team, like that's oh, yeah. that's a that's For a sure. very um worthwhile strategy to think about um yeah and that that put the stain on what ended up being a really good game for Lonzo was just his uh woes at the free throw line um otherwise you know he he did play a much better game but like we've been harping on uh this whole time is just one game and, uh, you know, anybody can shoot well for one game. Mm-hmm. And what we want to see is like a, a, a long, a prolonged string of consistently improved shooting for Alonzo. And, uh, you know, on, uh, like, I see, feel since like he's, since I think LeBron he needs to rework, out, I think he needs to rework his free throwing even now, like mid season. Cause there's really nothing to lose here. Like all the other shots, just just shoot however and play however you want. But like from the free throw line, I feel like he needs to change it. Cause what does he have? To, what does he have to lose? It's almost approaching the thirty percent. Yeah, uh, Stu Lance, <laughs> Stu Lance uh, suggested that he just um, take jump shots. Yeah, at the free I mean, throw try line. anything. Do do anything. Do something. <laughs> like just don't shoot like that anymore. Like. I don't know. Experiment with a new form from the free throw line. You have nothing to lose, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I don't think we've. This is going back to like what we said in our previous <laughs> podcast. Like ex, going through this experience of watching Lonzo is like unlike anything we've we're we're used to at all. It's did like. You, did you see the picture that I I loaded up on our? Uh, on our blog for the podcast, you should take a look at it. Oh yeah, let me let me pull that up right now. Yeah, I mean, just being having having to watch a guy at this level have this much of a weird uh, jumper is like so strange. It's something that okay, you you're just... talking about the LeBron one. Yeah, I'm the goat. Yeah, scroll down. So for those of you who want to check it out, it's 81points.com, 881pts.com. Okay, we have the Kobe baby with Lonzo's face. That's what it is, man. It's how do you it's just it's so such a strange situation. We don't know how to raise this guy, you know. I don't want to raise this kid. Yeah. I mean, if you were so if you're if you're Luke Walton or whoever, who how would you how would you go about coaching Lonzo? Right now, I think I would hire a shooting, a shooting whisper, a jump shot whisper. Whoever the guy who helped uh, DeAndre Jordan fix his free throwing, I would hire that guy or hire anyone, and basically just be like, work with this guy for two three hours every day. That's what I would say. So I'm wondering, uh, 
not this. I don't think anything's going to happen this season. No, I like don't think his so. his shot's going to stay the same. Yeah. What I'll be looking for is in the off season to see if he tweaks his shot at all. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I'll be very discouraged if if there are no changes. Well, here. here's here's the interesting thing, though. He he might not be around on the Lakers this off season. I mean, that's you know that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Whatever improvements he's making this offseason, it's going to be for another team, very possibly for the Pelicans. <laughs> it's, 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 become a, it's become a joke on social media. Like if any, any of the Laker players are, are not, not playing well, you're inevitably going to um, see somebody say, hope, hope you like gumbo. <laughs> they say that. Every, I, I've heard that said a lot about Brandon Ingram yeah. and uh, probably – Towards Lonzo, too. Yeah, and they'll show pictures of, you know, that picture of Palinka, Magic, and LeBron just, just staring Just staring off. at the court. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> wondering, wondering which of these guys they can yeah. trade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, Anthony Davis, I think it's going to cost, um, at the very least, it's going to cost Kuzma. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. But I'm starting to think, you know... Kuzma and Ingram, that's a great package, man. After I took a look at all the uh, the salaries that are out there, uh-huh. that is a great, great package. You know, there's you. I don't think uh, I don't think the Pelicans would just trade Anthony Davis for those two players, though. No, I don't think so. I think it'll it'll be it'll be a Kuzma, Ingram, and Josh Hart. And maybe even like picks too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I will say that is, I don't, that's not even, I feel like that's not even biased. You know, if we have any Pelicans fans that are listening to this, they'll, they'll say that's not the case. But I feel like even unbiased, that is a great package. It reminds me of the, of the once package that we sent to New Orleans for Chris Paul, which, yeah, which was actually a, was a good package. It was back a good then, package too. too. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good package. Um, but yeah, that's this true. is a better package than that, though. Yeah, because these guys are younger. Yeah, they'll have them in their prime. Mm-hmm. They Cheaper. have them at they have them on the cheap now. Yeah. Um. Although these like top picks, they actually get paid a lot. Those are a lot more those are two for sure starters in Ingram and uh, Kuzma, and I don't know. I think Josh Hart can very much develop into a solid starter too so there's potential to have three to get three starters that would be funny if if uh you have a new orleans pelicans team of ingram kuzma josh hart and julius also julius Randle. <laughs> yeah. and then they like they they like upset the lakers in the playoffs yeah that would be that would be funny that would be really funny uh, i wouldn't even be mad man i'd be like you know what you just can't make this shit up it's true i mean I thought we did get burned once trading with New Orleans, <clears throat> and uh, hopefully, if karma's if karma exists, you know they'll make this happen uh, soon. The NBA owes us one, that's for sure. Although no one's gonna, no one's gonna say that. I mean, it feels like it feels like yeah, no one's gonna, no one's gonna. I think people give us are, a freebie here. I think people are saying we're even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. So yeah, um, that was fun. Uh, 
Wait, by the way, I, um, you never answered the question of um, what, what movies did you end up seeing this year? I'm curious. Because uh, I, I feel like, you know, watching the Golden Globes, like, there are, all, are a lot of good movies that came out this year. Yeah, let me, let me look up which movies I've seen. There was uh, Black Panther. I saw, I saw that. Seen that. Was that good? Yeah, it was good. I heard that Spider-Verse was a really good movie. I heard that was really good. I uh, did not see that one, though. Um, what else came out? Uh, I'm trying to look up the movies. Um, oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I want to see that. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that either. Uh, I saw A Star is Born. How was that? It was good. That was very good. Um, Crazy Rich Asians, I saw. I saw. Uh, um, oh, you didn't see, you, since you didn't see the awards, you didn't see like the, the dime piece that Bradley Cooper is dating. <laughs> no. That's his wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> My boy they've Bradley. Been, <laughs> he's been, they've been married. He's come a long way since, since, since the, the wedding, guy, wedding crashes. Yeah. yeah. I saw Vice. Uh, I heard that was good too. It was pretty good. I thought Christian Bale was really good. There's a joke about how um, people were shocked. They were like, what is this British accent that he's like? Why is he British? Yeah, dude, his his accent is like thick British. Yeah, well, they were like, what is this British accent that he's like, is he doing it for a role? Like, why is he pretending to be British? And people were like, oh, shit, that's his real real accent because he does so many awesome, like, American accents naturally, you know? Yeah. Wait, the Vice is Adam McKay, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he wrote and directed that, I think. Christian Bale will always be um, Patrick Bateman in my eyes. <laughs> With the eggshell. Which, which, which is like, cards. you know, he uh, had a perfect American accent for that one. Yeah. 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 Uh, I saw A Quiet Place too. Oh, yeah. Good. I did yeah, see that, that one too. Yeah. That was good. So those uh-huh. are the two movies I saw this past year was Crazy Rich Asians <laughs> and A Quiet Place. It's a good thing it's not a movie podcast. We'd be. Uh... There were. Wait, so was that all of them? Uh, I feel like there were other ones, too, that came out this year. Yeah, I'm trying to look at look pull up the uh, best motion picture. Yeah, a lot of these. Well, so they have different categories, though, you know, for musical or comedy or drama. It's not just like one. Uh, yeah, anyways, there were, there were um, I just realized that there were a lot of good movies that i haven't seen yet that i need to go see yeah so. same i mean so i've only seen just a portion of those but yeah okay well on that note i think we can conclude the podcast today uh thank you for listening um we'll probably talk more lakers next time um has turned into a movie podcast for a little while but um <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to laker talk when we uh catch up with you guys next time so uh with that said um Thank you once again, and we will check in with you guys next time. See you. Thank you for tuning in to 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.